Hi, and welcome back to Stand Partners for Life, live at the Fish Off. This is day two of the three days of competition. And if you missed yesterday's episode uh, all about day one, go ahead and check that out. That's at standpartnersforlife.com. And of course, uh, tomorrow I'll be bringing you the final day, day three. Today's a very exciting day because it'll be all the semifinal performances. We've got four divisions here, strings and piano, winds, and then those same two divisions in the junior age categories. That's everything up to age 18. And at the end of the day, there's going to be the big exciting announcement of the finalists, those who will go on to play tomorrow and to compete for the prizes, including the grand prize. So again, if, you, uh, if you're enjoying this series, go ahead and check out the rest of the episodes at standpartnersforlife.com. And uh, as for the rest of today, I'd like to keep introducing you to the groups that are competing here, as well as a couple of the jurors, because we haven't heard from them yet. So I can't wait to see what happens the rest of the day, and I look forward to bringing you all the action. Great. Well, I'm here now with the La Fontaine Quartet from Montreal, and uh, you guys are you guys based at a school? Yes, we go to McGill University. Okay, great. Yeah, I was just saying that my, my stand partner in the LA Phil is uh, a McGill alum, and you guys just got off stage. Yes. yes. So <laughs> thank you so much for uh, taking this uh, this precious time right after you're done. So that I should say we've only got, we've got three quarters of the La Fontaine, so we're missing one violinist, but we've got. Uh, representatives of the other three instruments. So uh, why don't you tell me your names? Uh, I'm Fiona Robson, and I play the cello. Okay. <laughs> My name is Emily Recruit-Pressy, and I play the viola. Cool. And I'm Aaron Chen. I play the violin. All right. So what was... Uh, actually, I've got your program right here. I don't even have to ask. Cool. Oh, the quartet sots. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You guys haven't seen the... Um, are you Guarneri quartet fans? I've or seen the movie, what? if that's what you're asking. You have, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how they, they play that in the movie, that it kind of runs throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time I heard the quartet sots, was watching that, and then, and I didn't get to play it for so long, and then when I finally did, and I listened to the recording, I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. And so it doesn't sound like the Guarneri <laughs> recording at all. It all sound yeah. like Yeah, there's, there's so, yeah, there's also some funny recordings of it, because there's so many, so many recordings, and so many people take, take different liberties, e- and so it's hilarious listening to what people do. Don't you, I, I don't know if you remember in the movie, I could just, like, I have that whole thing memorized, so I can, but do you remember how David Sawyer gets so annoyed because they they tell him oh the you know the tempo slowed down here so when we get to whatever letter it is could you just pick it back up well that's what i was doing that's what i was doing (laughs) they they don't believe him and then it shows them rehearsing and he really does it um, (laughs) anyway guarneri reminiscences but how did you guys get started playing together uh so we started at the beginning of this school year actually Uh, so this is your first year yeah this is our first year playing together as a quartet and I've been at McGill for four years, but the other three, this is their first year at okay. McGill. Emily and Aaron are transfer students, and Astrid's in her first year. So was it like a reading party kind of thing, where you just well, got thrown together? Well, you, or you tell yeah. about So um, my teacher, Andre Dois, um, I was working with him at, a, at Orford summer 
program? In June, last June, so June 2018, and I was coming to McGill, and he was like, oh, there's this ch- uh, violinist that I kind of know named Aaron, and he's transferring as well. Uh, you should uh, play in a quartet. And so I hadn't met Aaron before, but I sent him a message on... Um, on Facebook, and I was like, hey, uh, you don't know me, but you want to play in quartet next year at McGill? And so, um, and he was like, yeah, sure. And then I had played with Astrid before, and she was coming, and then I live with Fiona, and so, and Fiona was down to play in our group. And so that's, well, that's how we kind of started. Then, if it doesn't work out, then you're... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it did so work far, out. So far, so good. And it's actually kind of fun. <laughs> cool. Um, so when did you, actually, how did you decide to go for a fish-off? Some head shaking. Here. So our coach, Andre, he encouraged us to apply. And there had been other groups from McGill, the Milton String Quartet, one in 2016. Oh, okay. I think so. We had heard about it, and we knew them, and we really looked up to them. Um, and so it was kind of exciting to get the opportunity to come here. Did that change your rehearsals at all, your... your your preparation or yeah, yeah we definitely had to press uh, and push to like <laughs> to finish um, and record more of the more movements of what we had prepared for oh the, and just to yeah, complete the, the application really. pre-screening yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the past couple of weeks we've definitely been rehearsing more than we usually do in the last last mm. final stretch what do you notice changing when you're able to spend more concentrated time together it really made me realize like how hard it is to be in a like, professional quartet. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of like experiencing like a professional quartet life. And it's every day yeah, and, and for multiple And hours. you have to practice by yourself, make sure everything is good, and then you have to work with each other. And then, yeah, it's really time consuming. And what I heard is like, you get like a quarter of the pay. <laughs> so like, so it really, it's a really, I would say tough occupation. Yeah. But it's I been mean, exciting having, feeling yeah. the music come together more too when we don't have the pressure of all the other things at school like school just finished so we were able to focus exclusively on quartet and I think that helps helped our focus that's true I mean having experienced that more now could you see yourself you know maybe doing this I mean obviously the the group has to be the chemistry has to be right and all that but just in the abstract at least I think maybe not necessarily for this group because we're all so young. We're in our undergrads, and uh, Fiona is moving to France oh. <laughs> next year <laughs> to go to the Paris Conservatoire. Oh. Um, but I think the other three of us are going to continue playing together. Okay. Oh, um, but in terms of like job, I don't know. I guess it, it does all matter like who you meet and if you all work together really well. Um, I found even like traveling. Oh, I've never traveled with four people and like. Oh, okay. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of seeing each other. Um, <laughs> we all like each other, so it's okay. But yeah, all that stuff you learn so much about <laughs> your mm-hmm. quartet members. It's at least as much as I learned in rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's this experience been so far? I mean, obviously you've advanced to the semis and you played today, so yeah. that part's been great. Yeah, um, it's been pretty exciting to be here in real life. It's some, something I've heard about for years, so it's a little bit surreal to be here and actually participating. Have you gotten to interact much with any of the other groups, or were there people here that you knew already? Yeah, I know a couple of people just from like different programs, and 
Aaron knows a couple people. Yeah, I know some CIM. people from CIM. I used to study at CIM. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I know some friends, but we haven't really interacted with anyone yet. Uh, yeah. We probably will tonight. We've sort of been yeah. in our quartet focus bubble yeah. so far. Yeah, that's natural. I mean, I think as it goes on longer, there are more opportunities for that. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 But um, everyone working at Fish House has been so yeah, nice. Super nice. <laughs> everyone in South Bend is like amazing. <laughs> I love Americans are great. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, yeah, this is supposed to be a nice part of the country. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm really happy that it's been a great experience so far. And um, yeah, I definitely wish you the best and you know, Thank hope you. to hear your names tonight at the yes. announcement. I'll be there. But, <laughs> so too. Yeah. Well, enjoy the rest of the day. What are your plans? Thank you. Uh, Go home, make food. some pizza. <laughs> oh, you know, you're the second person that I heard it's talk about pizza? eating pizza. <laughs> I mean, the other one was a 10-year-old boy, but... <laughs> but that's what I am on the inside, so... <laughs> no, I, that sounds good to me, too, actually, so... Um, well, thank you so much for sitting down. Yeah, thank you. With me, and uh, yeah, wish you the best, and I'll, I'll see you. you later tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's finally hear from one of the jurors. Um, I thought that Toyin Spellman-Diaz would be a perfect person to talk to because her group, the Imani Winds, uh, competed at the fish-off years ago, and they actually didn't win a prize. But they certainly didn't take that too much to heart, and they've gone on to a huge career. And now here she is back judging this competition. So she lets me know what she looks for when she's trying to choose between all these really talented groups. Well, I'm sitting here now with Toyin Spellman-Diaz, who is the very first jury member to agree to sit down here at the, the Stan Partners table with me, so thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. And uh, you're part of the, well, not part of, but you are on the jury for the Junior Winds and Brass Division here? That's right. Um, and what's your connection to the fish-off? Well, I was a... Uh, competition person myself. I've competed with my quintet Imani Wins in, I was trying to remember the year, I'm going to say it was 99 or 2000. Okay. Yeah, we competed, it was our first ever competition. And so we, I remember to prepare, we did something we had never done before, which was to have our first little practice retreat. Mm -hmm. So we all went down to DC. My parents have an enormous house in DC that oh, was nice. was a con convent. And ah. so there were lots of rooms in it. So we all stayed at my parents' house and we rehearsed from 10 to 1, 2 to 5, and 7 to 10. Wow. Yeah, for like a week. I don't think mm -hmm. I've ever rehearsed that much with a chamber group. <laughs> well, we were serious. We, we realized right kind of in that rehearsal time and after fish off when we had our come to Jesus let's talk about what we want to do talk mm -hmm. we kind of realized that this is what we wanted to do for a living wow so and how old were you at that point I mean you're asking me to tell my exact no, uh, age see that's true because yeah, you we okay forgot. now see, you, you were said, talking to yeah you said the year before okay yeah but, so. no I don't mind telling you I just can't do the math that's really why no, not, I'm hemming and hawing not an issue but <laughs> suffice it to say that at a young age you guys already knew that you wanted to right we were out of grad school maybe a year or two and um, Imani Wins had started while we were in grad school but we were in schools in New York. It was, some of us were at Manhattan, some of us were at uh, Juilliard and, and Manus. So our flutist who started the group, she, she, put, she called us all up and she said, hey, I'm starting a quintet 
made up of musicians of color and we'd really like for you to come and to read with me, read some music with me. Let's see what happens. And so how many of the other group members did you know at that point? Or I just... knew the bassoonist from okay. Oberlin which is, was where we both did undergrad, but the rest of them I had never seen. She cold called us. She didn't know any, well, she knew <laughs> one other person from uh, Aspen, okay. Aspen Music Festival. But yeah, she called us all up and uh, we were rehearsing and we did a couple of children's concerts. Uh, we put on our own little concert series for a while and then we said, let's do Fish Off and let's try to do a competition and see how good we can get. And so that was within a year of starting the group? We started in 97, so I'm thinking 99 okay. we, went, we dug deep and got it, got it together. And were there other wind quintets at that point that had done competitions that you guys looked at and said, you know, we can do this too, or well, were there, you? Well, like string quartets, you know, there are some major wind quintets out there who are famous. And I, yes, they did do competitions before, mm -hmm. but we weren't thinking about them necessarily. Okay. Right from the beginning, it was kind of like Imani Wins is going to be its own thing. Yeah. We're going to mix a lot of jazz and world music into our sound and still do the classical thing. And we're all African-American and Latino musicians. Right. So we figured right from the beginning we were going to be an example for people who come after us. Not just for people of color to, who look like us. We'd never seen a quintet like that before. Right. So, I mean, not at a super high level. Um, and... So we said, well, not just to be examples for people who look like us, but also to show that this, to the grand audience and to other young musicians and young people, that um, anybody can do anything. Yeah. So it was always like bigger than doing that. And so Fish Off was really helpful in that, in that we had to really decide what our sound was going to be and how we were going to distinguish ourselves from other wind quintets who were killer and coming out and so we like I said worked really really hard in DC worked really hard in New York where we all lived and we came to fish off and um, Jeff our horn player his clothes didn't make it That's so I noticed a lot of the groups have matching outfits we had our matching outfits too <laughs> and so four-fifths matching yeah it was four-fifths matching and one sweat sweatsuit <laughs> it was really bad poor guy well, like you said you wanted to distinguish yourself yeah so. right exactly exactly and not everybody was matching back then so now everybody matches <laughs> it's fun. I actually because my grandfather was in a, a big wind quintet for a time you know I've heard a lot of a lot of the, the, the traveling type stories and a lot of missing outfits and... Um, oh, yeah? Um, oh, yeah? What was the name of the quintet? Well, so the Philadelphia Woodwind Quintet. I've never heard of them. That's the biggest wind quintet in the, in the history of... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so he took... Uh, my grandfather was Robert Cole, and he took mm -hmm. over when his teacher, William Kincaid, decided to leave the quintet. So yeah, they're, when I think of their album covers... Oh, uh, yeah. It's like five yeah. white guys. God bless. Staring straight at the camera, like holding their instrument. Yeah, yeah, black and white picture. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and that's that was the model, you know. And then there were groups that came after them um, that were also incredible. The Aspen Wind Quintet. Mm -hmm. They commissioned a lot of great stuff. Um, there was the Sylvan Winds. The um, I'm forgetting names of, but there were quintets out there that mm -hmm. were doing great, doing great. And so we didn't. We always knew we wanted to take it beyond just being a wind quintet and be a band, yeah. you know? 
And what, I mean, your job seems almost impossible to, you know, to separate these groups, uh, yeah. who, who makes it to the next round, who eventually yeah. wins the prizes. I mean, what are, now that you're, now that you're alone, away from your fellow jurors, yeah. so what do you personally look for uh, when you're judging these groups and you've ultimately got to make decisions? Mm. I'm looking for bravery, number mm -hmm. one. Bravery number one. So you could be playing something simple, and the, as long as the group has, and I'm looking for group sound. Mm -hmm. So, or a group together, it's more than group sound, like group philosophy. You can hear it right away in some of these groups. You mean if there's a unified? Mm -hmm. a unified sound, but they've obviously thought about, let's move in this manner. Um, we're, uh, we're definitely gonna play this with a, a certain amount of vibrato. Or, or something, something as simple as let's trill in sync. Yeah. I, I loved hearing in sync trills because, uh, <laughs> uh, especially in wind players, because it, it reminds me of uh, double dual figure state skaters, like oh, when they tr yeah. they go around at the same time. Um, there's something about a wind wind group playing exactly in sync that's so much different from. I, I don't know if we can hear it on the podcast, but this string quartet that's killing it in the background <laughs> right now. Um, there's something about the wind sound that just is is special whether it's brass or woodwinds like they all these groups have their unique thing that they have going on and even though it was difficult to judge because a lot of them have different kinds of sounds to the way they play mm -hmm. but well, I mean with a with woodwind and brass instruments I mean it's the sounds are literally breathed Right. You've got, you know, there, we talk about in string articulation, we say this needs to sound more spoken or more declared right. or something, but you guys right. are actually speaking it. Right. Well, and then there's sax quartets where they don't have the double reed to put their tongue on, so it's a little different for them. They, they have to work harder for their articulations mm -hmm. than, say, an oboe or a bassoonist or even a flutist. So, and the wind quintet has the problem of there's five ridiculously different right. sounds coming together and they have to make a, a homogenized sound. Uh, same with the reed quintet, which we don't have today. But the trombone quartet, they have this gorgeous ancient sound to them. Right. Yeah, that is so wonderful to hear. Or the brass quintet, it's all um, so similar and so powerful. So every, uh, as far as genres of groups, though, you know, that's, that's different. But within these genres, like the two brass quinte quintets who were in the semis this time, they sounded very, very different, hmm. but each equally valid, equally valid. Well, then it makes sense that your, your criteria is something that, you know, that could cut across those differences. I mean, you're looking for a group that's saying something and right. saying it together. Right. Well, at this level. I mean, at this level, everybody's intonation is excellent. Okay. You know, everybody's articulating together. And they've or else all they don't thought, get into yeah. the... Right. Exactly. Exactly. So at this level, that's what you're looking for. When it goes out for a second, unfortunately, that's the other side of it. What are you looking for? What are you what disqualifies you. The second they step out of character, or if one is not bringing the same amount of bravery as the other four, then all of a sudden that puts you a little behind. Right. So. Well, you've got a tough job. I don't envy you, except that you get to hear all these great yeah. performances. And you know what else is great? The other jurors, outstanding, amazing people. Awesome. Amazing people. So this has been 
I've sat on a couple of pretty major competitions before, but this is a pretty special vibe that Fish offers me. And being on the other side of the table after having gone through right. being on the, the thing, I think there are a few of us now, Fish Off now has been around long enough that there are a few of the judges who've been competitors too. And so we're all judging the juniors, we competitors. Right. So I think we're going to have some pretty seriously good comments for these guys. I think I'm, I'm excited to talk to them. Well, I know they're, yeah, they can't wait to, to get that from you guys too. So yeah. Yeah, it'll all be over tomorrow, sadly. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be tired. Yeah, I'll I'm be sure. honest. Yeah, you had to keep your ears fresh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they keep bringing the fresh stuff. And it's going to be so great in the finals to hear the seniors and, and the grand prize. It's going to be really cool. Awesome. Super excited. Well, I can't wait either, so. Yeah, yeah. Go, go get some rest. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be here for the announcements tonight. Okay, great. All right. Thanks so much for, for spending time with us here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. All right. Sorry I couldn't meet your wife. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> so we got a chance yesterday to hear from James Setapen, who is the director of the Academy of the Music Institute of Chicago, and uh, also got to talk to a very young piano trio from that program. And um, I thought it would be nice to talk to a, a string quartet from the junior division there. So they're a little bit older, but... You know, even just a few years, if you're talking about the difference between age 10 and age 15, I mean, that's a huge gap. So this quartet, the Xena Quartet, is from the Music Institute Academy. Um, But they're a little bit, you know, they have a little bit more autonomy because they're older. And so I thought it'd be nice to hear from them, see what their experience has been like so far at the Fish Off. All right, I'm here now with the Xena Quartet. And where are you guys from? Um, we're from Chicago. Oh, okay. Are you at the Music Institute? At the Music yeah. Institute. Oh, okay, great. A lot of groups from Chicago, and I used to live there too. So, and you're in the junior division. Yes. Yes. And you're about to play your semifinal round tonight, right? Yes. All right. So congratulations on getting to the semis. That's great. Thank you. Um, how long have you guys been a quartet? Um, for about several months. We came together at around September this year. Okay. And um, I saw Mr. Viero around. Are you yes. coaching with him? Yeah. Yes. All right, yes. great. So uh, did you guys all grow up in Chicago? Um, actually, I'm from Maryland, so I fly, I fly every week to Chicago to take music lessons. Oh, okay. Yes. Every week? Yeah. Wow, who are your teachers there? Um, so far, I studied with Amina Vamus at the Music Institute of Chicago. Okay. Yeah, so. All right. Yeah. I've met the Vamuses. <laughs> yeah, and I was actually born in... France. Okay. I grew up in Chile. All right. And I moved here like seven years ago. Okay, so you are not from Chicago. <laughs> Let's actually get your names because our listeners don't know who you are yet. <laughs> we can we can start at this side of the table and just uh, let us know your name and how old you are and what instrument you play. Right. I'm Camille. I'm 17 and I play the cello. I'm Claire Arias Kim. I'm 17 and I play the violin. I'm Noel Naito. I'm 16 years old and I play the violin viola. You did say 16, right? I said 16, okay. yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm Isabel Chen. I'm also 16. I play violin and viola. Violin and viola, okay. Because um, there's not an actual violist in our group, so right. Noel yes. and I, yeah, we got to switch. You'd be surprised how often that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, what does it, uh, it mean to you guys to have a great time? How do you know when you're having a great time playing chamber music? Uh, I mean, you've probably had some not-so-great experiences, too. <laughs> 
I think when the sounds like just naturally blend together and like you really find the chemistry you have with like a few of the musicians that really like for me personally it gets to my heart. It's what I enjoy about chamber music. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. And I think also what's special about chamber music is you know, you have four people, different people with different ideas, so you find a way to combine your ideas and make a really special, um, a really special performance. Well, how do you guys do that in rehearsal? Because, like you say, sometimes there are different ideas, but, I mean, in the end, when you're here at the competition, you got to, you know, you got to go with one. For yeah. you got to, like, try a yeah, bunch try of different, different things. things. Yeah, try different things. Yeah, believe it or not, we disagree all the time. We do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we disagree, yeah. Well, that's part of being a quartet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. like the more people you have, the harder it is to make come to yeah, make a decision and like make the music come out the way you want it to be. But mm -hmm. I think our group, like we do a really good job of that. In the end, um, it's really rewarding to see where our decisions result in, mm -hmm. and like that's that's what matters most. Well, how do you uh, come to that? Do you find yourselves more often settling that by talking about it, or? In the end, well, if someone has one idea, or? we'll try it one way, and then we'll try it another way. Yeah. And maybe one performance, we'll try it one way. Another yeah. performance, we'll try it another way. Yeah. It's kind of see what we like, it's kind of experimenting all the time. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because actually, it's uh, even in a lot of professional groups, people don't really try mm -hmm. these ideas. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's uh, getting older too. Like you hear some idea, you come up with all these reasons you don't like it, and instead of just like trying it and then yeah and we record ourselves quite often too and we yeah. listen to recordings from our performances which help us um which help us determine like what's the next step to be done and like what can yeah. be done better and we consult with our coach obviously yeah. Mm -hmm. well, what are some of the things that you feel like have you've really improved on since you first started playing together oh um for me, is how to become a leader because um, I don't, I didn't really have so much chamber experience before coming to the academy, and it really helped. And being with these girls, um, they gave a lot of ideas and gave me a lot of support and helped me learn how to become a better leader. Yeah, I, I agree with her, and I think we really brought out confidence in each other, even though sometimes. We made each other vulnerable. That also helped us, you know, sprout into this good sound that we ended up having. So. Well, is it uh, you know, when you started out? Were so some people? It sounds like we're maybe more naturally leaders than others. And so, yeah. Yeah. if you weren't, like I've been part of groups where. Yeah, it was nice for me in the beginning just to kind of sit back and uh, like I thought, well, all these ideas that people are giving are good ideas, I'm just yeah. going to do them. Yeah. And then at a certain point I felt like I had to come out of that shell. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same because like I don't, I'm not really a leader type of person. So like I kind of just see what everybody's saying and then I kind of do them too. But then like once I listen back to recordings, I kind of feel like, oh, maybe... Your own recordings. Yeah, yeah, my own recording, like, maybe, maybe, oh, maybe we should do this, and like, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I definitely think Isabel and people look, that are shy and more introverted, like, I think in a chamber group you learn how to, you know, say, maybe, maybe I can speak up, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And that's a really important skill, not yeah. just yeah. in music, but in life. Yeah, because I think when you don't, it eventually shows in the performing, too. It's, there's always one or two ways of playing that dominate, and... Um, are there are there pieces that you guys either that you're performing in this competition or that you worked on during the year that were 
that maybe didn't come as naturally to put together? And definitely the Martinu. Yeah. That, that, um, we're also performing in a competition. Yeah, oh, it's okay. a very it's the most challenging. Yeah, because mm -hmm. um, it's it's um, technically not as hard, but you have to, But it's so hard to put it together yeah. and yeah. like rhythmically and you know mm -hmm. when to come in and yeah, how it's supposed to come together. Yeah. yeah. So it took about like maybe about three months to really get it Yeah. And the interpretation was really open and yeah, it's really obscure. Yeah. The repertoire, so. And uh, is that a case maybe where the, the coach was helpful to kind of start yeah. steering yeah. you in the right direction? Yeah. He really had a great method to mm -hmm. do everything he could to like make us come together. Right. <laughs> at, first, yeah, at first I was kind of a little bit impatient because like it was I was like when is this going to come together how is it going to you know sound like yeah. but you know once it came together I'm like oh my god it sounds amazing you know mm -hmm. yeah and did you guys perform all of your competition repertoire before you got here yes, yes. Yeah. okay so none of, of this is yeah. Yeah. first performance no. <laughs> how's how's it been um, your experience here so far. I mean, it must have been great to yeah. hear that you got to the semis. Yeah, the, well, this is um, Isabel and I's uh, first time coming to this yeah. competition, okay. so yeah. it's been great. Yeah. It's been such a great awesome. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, good, good to know. Yeah. Why, uh, why is that? What makes a good competition? Um, it's like it's really inspiring to see other groups who are like about the same level or even better to see them perform and like see like a bunch of different like amazing and re really talented. And Camille and I have been here um, in previous years, and something that I've really loved about being here especially is um, besides the, the wonderful talents in my division, I, we also have the, you know, the fortune of being able to see these amazing senior groups, and just being able to see people with more experience at such a high level is something really inspiring, and inspires us, inspires us to work towards something great. Yeah, what, what do you see as the differences? I mean, when you look at these guys, that you know, it's kind of like looking into your own future, maybe right. five years, mm -hmm. ten years in some cases. I mean, mm -hmm. when you watch them, mm -hmm. does it seem like a, a whole different ball game, or is it mostly the same but just a different outlook? Or um, well, it's it's different, obviously, because these are people who've had more experience than um, you know our, our division. But um, it's it's like kind of like you said, like. We can aspire to be um, in a place like that when we're at had the same amount of experience. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, great. Is anybody graduating right now? I'm graduating actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. And where are you going to be next year? Um, I'll be attending the Juilliard School. Okay. Great. And I've mm -hmm. met a lot of Juilliard folks here, and they even said it wasn't so mm -hmm. cold and competitive, unless you wanted <laughs> it to be. So that's good news. <laughs> well, great. Um, well, I wish you guys the best tonight. Thanks for Thank taking time Thank out you. on the day of your uh, performance. So. Thank you. Yeah, great to meet you. You too. You too. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Well, I wanted one more perspective from the jury, and so I got to talk to uh, trumpeter Mark Reese. He was in the Empire Brass Quintet for nearly 20 years, and I mean, that they were the rock stars of the brass world, and uh, the stories he could tell, I unfortunately only got him to tell a couple from those uh, crazy days, but since then he's been teaching and sharing his knowledge and wisdom with the next generation, and here he is at Fischoff on the jury for the junior wind and brass division, um, and he was great to talk to for another perspective on just what the jurors are looking for and how they can manage to make those decisions. Well, I'm thrilled to sit down with uh, you. Mark Reese is uh, one of the uh, 
jurors for the junior wins and strings, wins and strings, wins and brass division. Now, I don't even have an excuse to be tired. You're tired because you've been listening to great performances all day and evening. Uh, but thanks for sitting down with me here. Sure, my pleasure. And uh, when you're not here judging uh, fish off, what are you doing the rest of the year? I am the trumpet professor at Lynn University in Boca Raton, Florida. All right. And uh, did you have a previous connection to fish off? Have you been here before? Well, I've never been here before, actually. I've known about the competition uh, for many, many years, and I've sent groups uh, in the past from Lynn University to compete, but this is the first time I've been here, actually. Okay. Have you played a lot of chamber music, brass quintets? I have. Can't I can't imagine in, you haven't. <laughs> I, have, uh, I was in a group called Empire Brass uh, for 17 years. Tell us a little bit about how, how that group came together and how you came to be a part of it and what what that experience has been because that's I mean that must have been a wild time yeah it was it was fantastic um, the group was formed I believe back in the 70s 1970s um, many of the players were members of the Boston Symphony Orchestra and they got together a group and just started having fun sort of playing brass quintets I think it, the story goes that it actually began when Le Leonard Bernstein invited a bunch of them to play his mass premiere at the Kennedy Center and so they would uh, rehearse in between what was going on there, oh, and actually Bernstein would coach them a little bit. It's funny, I just played that piece for the first time this last season with L.A. They had some crazy new production of it, and I really came to love it. I'd, I'd read such weird stuff about it. And yeah, it was a whole thing, but it really is great music. Yeah. It really is fantastic. And I joined the group many years later in 1996. Uh, actually, I was a student of the Empire Brass at Tanglewood for several summers when I was uh, in college and in high school. And uh, then while I was, I just finished uh, being on tour with another brass quintet called the Epic Brass Quintet. And uh, I got the call from Rolf, the boss of the group, uh, to come audition. And uh, I went to the audition and uh, your listeners may not know, but Rolf Smedvig was, a, was, was quite a character. Uh -huh. He basically told me to bring my tuxedo to the audition, and if I would win the audition, we'd take pictures right after. Okay. <laughs> because there was a Japan tour, like in two weeks. Okay. And I just, uh, I willed myself to win because I couldn't imagine myself driving home and hanging my tux back up, having not worn it. <laughs> no. So I think that's actually what motivated me to do it. But my time in the group was amazing. Um, and just what, back up for a second, what was the audition like? What, what is it like to uh, audition? into an established group like that? Well, basically, I showed up. The, the, the funny part of the story is I was in Taiwan for the first time uh, with this group, Epic Brass, and it was my first time in Asia, so I didn't really realize what it would be like uh, when I came home, the jet lag and such. But I was talking to Rolf when I was there, and he said, okay, well, you'll be back on Thursday. Great, we'll have a, our audition on Friday. Yeah, perfect. Know. So <laughs> I arrived back, and I got in my car, and I just barely made it without driving off the road, and... Basically, the, the audition was uh, me standing in his barn uh, playing a bunch of solo stuff, unaccompanied, uh, for, for quite a few minutes. And then the rest of the group was there, and then we just read for about a half hour. We read through Empire Brass Arrangements, which to me at the time were much harder than anything I had ever played in any group ever. And so, Did they do those arrangements themselves? They did, yeah. Rolf and the tuba player uh, at the time, Sam Palafian, did most of the arrangements for the group, and they were really challenging. Mm. I was um, sad that he just passed away, right? Sam just yeah. passed, unfortunately, a few weeks ago. Yeah, so sad. Um, but uh, he was a real titan of the, of the brass world mm -hmm. and the music world, really. 
Um, but he, uh, so I, I basically, I think the, I was told later the re reason I ended up winning the audition was because I didn't stop. Yeah. As, hard, as hard as the tunes were, I, if I would get off or have a problem, I would just, I got back on, you know? And I kept going, I kept going, and I guess he had a lot of good people audition, but he liked that I didn't say, hey guys, can we please stop and start over again at letter G, so something like that. <laughs> That's a, definitely an important skill. <laughs> right, Underrated exactly. skill. Exactly. Well, I mean, out of the hundreds of stories you must have from traveling around with, with those guys for so long, I mean, are there, there any that stand out that maybe uh, people wouldn't expect from the, the traveling musician life? Wow. One that stands out. Well, because I think some people imagine, okay, if you really make it, if you really, you know, join the best groups, then your life is nothing but just, you know, refining the music, rehearsing, and then going out in your tuxes on stage, and, and that's the life. Right, that's, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> it was glorious. Um, really, I guess the, the part of it that was glorious was when we were on stage. So we finally got on stage, that was just so fun because the level of all the players in the group was so high that I always felt like the worst player there, which was great. <laughs> you know, I always could raise my level to play with, with the other players, and it was just great fun. The other part of it was not as fun. The traveling is really very difficult. Even though in a group like Empire Brass, we traveled well. You know, if we were in Japan, we'd be on the bullet train or we'd, be in, we'd go to Asia in, in business class. It, it was not you know, a, a real sob story, but... <laughs> <laughs> and how but many just, concerts a year are we talking? Well, when I started, it was about 50 concerts a year, hmm. um, which was a good amount. I was a single guy and living in Boston, just, uh, you know, every once in a while going out and playing these great concerts and then coming back. It was it was a lot of fun. And, and then as, you know, the boss of the group got a little older and uh, we did a few, you know, less and less concerts each year. So we probably were doing 30 by the time I, I finished okay. uh, after 17 years. But... It was, it was really great. Uh, just the traveling got harder and harder. And personally for myself, I, I had a family. I got married, then I had kids. And so leaving, you know, just like I said earlier about coming here, leaving the house is a yeah. uh, negotiation, you know? So. Yep. As, as, <laughs> so. it, uh, as it always is. Yeah. Now I'm uh, here without my wife and co-host, Akiko. Uh, right. <laughs> who's back with all the kids. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> well, now in your role as a teacher, I mean, you're, you're preparing uh, kids and preparing groups, students, excuse me, uh, for competitions like the Fish Off. I mean, do you, have you sent groups to the Fish Off in the past? I have, yes, several. What's it like to, what are the main, major things that you have to take a group through in order to get them ready for a competition? I mean, let's say five, if it's going to be a quintet, five students that haven't played together before, what transformation do they have to make by the end of the year? Well, the interesting thing about it for brass players uh, is the most important thing that probably doesn't apply to string players very much is playing in time. Sure, it applies. I mean, no, 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 it applies. <laughs> no, what, I guess what I mean is that the string player is always more advanced than the brass player is only because you start much earlier. So okay, sure. I like to think of it as, you know, by the time a string player has been playing for, you know, when they're finishing up college, you've been playing for 15 years and a brass player has been playing for six years or, wow. or, or eight or nine years or something. And so it's just, you know, I always think of it as that's the thing if you're going to a competition that is going to stand out to the judges as a weakness for brass players is really just simply playing in time. And the reason it's challenging is not because they... they uh, don't practice with a metronome or trying to play in time. It's the execution of trying to get a piece of plumbing to speak exactly when you want it to speak <laughs> is really challenging for young young brass players. And, and just because it's just hard to get your body to make your lips buzz exactly when you want it to buzz. And so 
that that becomes the challenging part. And then, you know, sort of everything else that goes along with preparing a group, just uh, making beautiful sounds, playing in tune, you know, making some music. You know, generally I try to get the players to play efficiently enough that they can be consistent because then when they come and they're nervous, that effic- you know, I try to get them to default to being efficient players. Mm-hmm. You know, brass players often have bad habits. They squeeze a note out, and it works, so they keep doing it. But I try to teach them to use their air to make the notes come out, and then you can rely on that even when you're nervous. So I try to get the whole group to sort of play efficiently so that when they get here, it's not a, not a disaster. <laughs> yeah, in an interpersonal way, what do you see for the groups that are successful? I mean, whether it's competitions or whether it's just um, performing... What do you see about those groups that work out through the year? Can you tell, just sort of knowing some people's personalities, and can you tell which groups are going to make it? And I think you definitely can. Um, it's very hard to get a group together where everybody's on the same page, everybody's at the same level, everybody is as motivated as each other. That's really difficult. Even And I try really hard every year. At Lynn University, uh, the students are required to do chamber music every semester. Mm-hmm. So we have to put these groups together. Everybody's got to be in the pool, and everybody plays. And so you have to try to get the personalities and the levels uh, to work out. But basically, i found that the groups, not necessarily that are the most talented, but the most motivated to want to get better are the groups that succeed. Often the best group will just think they're all great, and they won't rehearse very much. And they still sound pretty good when they play, but they're not ready to go to a competition and, and, and win. A group, the groups that work hard and want to put the extra time in are the groups that typically succeed. Uh, we have actually scheduled chamber music time for these groups. So it's three times a week for an hour each. They, we give them a room, we give them a coach. Um, and the groups who get together at night in between those coachings, those are the ones that, that end up at the competitions. And actually getting the tape round together on time and... Mm. And succeeding because they're just if you're not if they're not self motivated to a certain extent, uh, it just usually doesn't work out work out regardless of the level of the of the player. Right. What's most important to you, no matter what type of group it is? I guess the ultimate thing that I listen for is the emotion in the music, which generally in this world is hard to find from such young players. Sure. And I have found that. These are maximum age 18, right? Yeah, and I've found an amazing amount of music making. In a way, the technique here is more impressive because I can't, I just, I'm like, I cannot believe these kids are 16 years old. They play Hmm. this way. It's unbelievable to me. But then on top of it, the communication that they have with each other is, I've never seen it before. I'm all groups, not just like, oh, that group's really great. All the groups here have, are looking at each other and, and having a great time and really communicating. But if they can say something, I always say to my students back at Lynn, if I don't want to look at my phone while you're playing, you have succeeded. Because I want to look at my phone right now even. No offense. I just want to look at my phone. But if you can get me to really actually listen to you and forget that I have a phone with me, that's then you're doing something right. That's a good that's a good criteria that didn't exist, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's ago. all there is now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And what do you see, um, I mean, since you've coached, obviously, the upper age group as well, what changes, especially for brass players from age 18 to being in their 20s? I think as they get older, they they do get better time. You know, their time gets better, but also they're able to execute better. So those things that are real issues for younger players, they start to come into focus uh, for older players, and they get a little bit more confident and a little bit more consistent, and they, they all feed each other. Uh, and they just become, you know, closer to being able to be professionals. So 
you know, I know at Lynn University we have these incredible string players there, and uh, they just sound like they're just ready. They're just ready to go, mm-hmm. and they're eight, they're 18 years old. They're you know the freshmen win the concerto competition. It's it's unbelievable, you know, and the 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 brass players are just just starting to get there by the time they're ready to get out and you know, go to grad school or get to the end of grad school. It's just, it just takes, it doesn't take longer, it just starts later. Right. But yeah, they're starting, they're starting to figure it out by the time they get to the end of their, their, their work at school. Great. Well, this, this will be an exciting, uh, exciting night tonight, figuring out who goes to the finals and then uh, looking forward to tomorrow too. Yeah, it's been fantastic to be here. I mean, the level here is just, it's blowing my mind. I'm cool. just really happy to be part of it. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for taking some time with me and uh, great to see you here. Thanks, my pleasure. Well, the last group I'm going to talk to before we get to the uh, the finalist announcement tonight is the Avanzare Quartet from the Cleveland Institute of Music. And it was fun to hear that uh, several of their members have competed here at Fischoff before with different groups, so it's great to see that they've come back. And they also let me know how they choose their program for the competition and exactly how it's decided what they're going to play in each round. And I'm That's here so now tight. with Quartet Avanzare. And uh, where are you guys from? We're from the Cleveland Institute of Music. Okay, great. My first CIM group. Yeah. Um, nice. And you guys just played your semifinal. Yes, we did. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So what was uh, what was it like last night when you when you found out you'd play today? We we were having dinner together <laughs> with our friends who came, and we just kind of like. I don't, I don't know. We just freaked out. We were like, <laughs> yeah. we were really excited. Yeah. yeah, we were really full. Well. <laughs> yeah, we were like so full. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so friends that came with you just for the competition? No, actually, um, one of my teachers from high school came, and she brought like she brought one chamber group for the junior division, and so we like okay. caught up. So I haven't seen her in a while. Great. Yeah, it's funny. I've I've noticed that. I mean, almost everybody who's here runs into someone, some teacher everyone or friend. Knows everyone. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny. I always thought that would be true. Like, yeah, once I got so I'm over forty now, but I always thought that would be true at that point. But I didn't. You know, it starts when you're it like teenagers, now. pretty much. Well, let's let's get your guys' names and uh, your instruments so that our listeners know who you are. So my name is Andrew Ma, and I play the violin. All right. My name is Weian Hong. And I play a cello. I'm Serena Sue, and I play the viola. And I'm Rebecca Benjamin, and I also play the violin. All right, that makes sense. We've got (laughs) the right mix of instruments here. So yeah, what did you play today in the semis? We started with the first movement of Mendelssohn's F minor quartet, Opus 80. Okay. That's sorry, I've only uh, that took me by surprise for a second because I know the the very last group that I talked to also. Well, great yeah. piece and you know, two different interpretations. Yeah. Um, and what else? We followed that by um, Caroline Shaw's Entract, uh, which is a just one movement work. We played part of it, but uh, it's a, was written I think in 2013. Yeah, I'm always curious how. Um, how you choose the repertoire, what, what that process was like, if you hmm. read a bunch of things, or if these were all pieces you'd performed during the year? It was uh, pieces that we've been working on during the year. We chose um, the Shaw just to have a kind of contemporary 
piece and to contrast with our, our other works. But um, yeah, it was pieces that we've been working on during the year and we chose these movements um, for today because we felt like it showcased our group the strongest. So how, how does that work actually? You come to the competition with a certain number of complete pieces, is that how it is? And then you get to choose movements based on how you're feeling? Well, uh, you know, we, we're required to have at least two full complete pieces, um, but we have to have at least 60 minutes of music total. Okay. So whether that's two complete pieces or maybe more, depending on the length of those pieces. Um, and then we, we were given a, a sheet like 30 minutes before we played yesterday of um, the judges' selections of those pieces. And then we had already sent in our preferences of what we wanted to play today for this round if we oh, okay. happened to move on. Okay, so you did have to select that before the competition started. Correct. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of sort of be nice, wouldn't it, if you could like just wake up that morning and be like, no, today. Okay, interesting. Well, um, first of all, what are your plans for the rest of today? I'm excited, mm-hmm. but I don't know. We're gonna go eat. We're gonna go eat. Definitely eat lunch because we yes. haven't eaten a lot today, and then. Yeah. Um, we might go to a pottery studio and paint some pottery. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Wow, how did you uh, come up with that idea? We were yeah. we, we were eating at like a uh, Thai restaurant two was it two days ago? Was that yesterday? No, two days two ago. Two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Two days ago and right across the street there's this little it's like pot or like it's a pottery place pottery where they place. have pottery that you can paint. Can paint. Oh. So so we were like if we after we play, we are going to do that. Yeah. That sure. sounds fun and low yes. impact. Yeah. Kind of relief. Stress reliever. When did you decide to do um, fish up? Our, our coach encouraged us to do a couple of different competitions, yeah. but we were all auditioning for schools this year. Mm-hmm. So either they conflicted with auditions or we were away or mm-hmm. had recitals or something. and. Um, this one didn't conflict because it was yeah. right. It's actually the end right of the before graduation. graduation. So, yeah. um, and I've actually, Serena and I have both done fish off before. Um, okay. I competed in the junior division, and actually, I was here six years ago with my quartet in the junior division. Wow. And um, Serena was here last year. Yeah, I, I was in the junior division 2013 and 15, and then I was here last year for senior division, and now oh, wow. I'm here again. So this is, yeah, this My is like old yeah. stomping grounds. Wow. And who is your coach, by the way, at CIM? CN Darren Lee. Oh, okay. Who I see sitting yes. Yes. right across the way. <laughs> and also on another uh, Todd Phillips. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. So does that mean that you're... Do you guys know where you're going to school next year, all of you? Yeah. Yes, we do. Yep. And are they all different four places? Different. They're all different <laughs> places. Four different places. Okay, where are they? I'm going to Rice University. Okay. And I'm going to McGill. Okay. I'm going to Juilliard. Yeah. And I'm going to Yale. Wow. So you guys are spread out. This is <laughs> yeah. a little bit of a, a last hurrah, though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, I mean, that's, look, it's great that you have fun spending time together. Yeah, yeah for sure. Anyway, and you you know, this competition's been going great for you. Um, so, you know, if this is the way you go out, then that's <laughs> It's been a fun uh, journey. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I want you to go out uh, with a bang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think. So are there concerts, if you did win, for example, would you play any concerts this summer? I forget how it works with the prizes here. I think it's fall. The, the they have like a tour in the fall, and then I think it would be if the winners have a tour in the summer next summer. Next summer. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Well, it's win-win. Yeah. You guys have a great next year, next few years of your life mapped out no matter what. And, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, have a good dinner tonight, and uh, I'll be here for the announcement. And I definitely wish you guys the best the rest of the rest of the weekend. Thank you so Thank much. You so much. Thanks for taking the time to sit down with me. Thank of you. Course. Thank you. And finally, it was time to finish day two by filing into the Mendoza School of Business for the finalist announcement. And at that point, you know, any group that was announced as a finalist knew they'd won a prize because there are only three groups in each division that make the finals, and so. You're guaranteed to win a medal, gold, silver, or bronze. Um, now we're going to file into the auditorium and hear those announcements of the finalists. Moving on to the senior string piano division, I'd like to announce from Bloomington, Indiana, S3 Dior Quartet. From New York, New York, S1 Abeo Quartet. Now I got to talk to the Abeo Quartet during the second day, and I'm going to put their uh, interview with me on the third day, so suffice it to say that I was rooting for them because I thought they were a great interview, and I can't wait for you to hear what they have to say about their experience at the fish-off, but I was very happy for them to pass along the finals. Now I was also rooting for the uh, Eclatante Quartet because one of their, well, first of all, they're all from Cincinnati, which is really not far from my hometown, but one of their violinists, Sky Park, is actually from my hometown of Lexington, Kentucky, and I've known her for years, so of course I was rooting for them to pass along to the finals as well, so I was really happy that they did. means there are 12 groups that are going to compete tomorrow, three in each of the four divisions. Maybe they'll rehearse tonight, or maybe they'll just uh, eat ice cream here at the social and go to sleep. They're going to come back and uh, play their finals programs tomorrow, and I'll be here to bring that to you as well. And at the end of tomorrow, they'll announce the uh, gold medal winners, all the other medal winners, and finally the grand prize. One of the senior division string quartets, the cellist in um, F1, right? His uh, cello had um, damage today that cannot be repaired while he's here. I am looking for a cellist who knows they're staying at least through the final event tomorrow, uh, which is the grand prize concert. You know you're not leaving who would loan Drew their cello. Is there any, so if you are one of those people, if you know you're not leaving, we need a cello 
um, for him to play so he can perform in the senior division tomorrow. So if there is one, we have one. Do we have two? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously. Um, well, so that was a surprise tonight to um, <laughs> to hear that one of the groups who advanced to the finals, their cellist. His instrument kind of imploded, so they needed someone who didn't advance the finals to volunteer his or her instrument, and it sounds like that happened, so that's a great thing, and it certainly seems to fit in with the, the spirit of the fish-off here. And then following this, um, everyone's going to file out to meet with the jury, and I have to say I'm particularly looking forward to that because uh, there's one juror, Daniel Phillips, um, a violinist that I got to meet and play with when I was about the age of some of these contestants when I was about 20 years old. And I've always remembered that, you know, he never made me feel like a kid. Um, I always felt like a colleague when I was around him. And I haven't seen him in almost 20 years. I haven't gotten the chance to tell him that. And uh, tonight will be that chance for me. So I'm really looking forward to this meetup as well. And I hope you're going to come back for tomorrow's episode uh, covering the third and final day of the fish-off.